God is good. And all the time. Good to see you on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to all of you. And if you're joining us online, hello to you as well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this day, this day to live, this day to, to enjoy, this day to read and learn a little bit more about your love. Our prayers today are for those who are going, going through some, uh, some health issues that need a little bit more care than, than chicken soup. Our prayers are for the nurses and the doctors and all care providers for their families, but also for them, that they might have hope, that they might have love, that they might have grace that better days are coming. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I'll take your prayers today for traveling mercies. Uh, right after, like literally 3 o'clock, hits the bell. Uh, Lisa's taking me to the airport. <laughs> I don't have a vehicle right now. Uh, Lisa's taking me to the airport. My grandmother passed away. Uh, I still have the other one. Uh, but uh, the one who passed away was 97. So that's a pretty good, pretty good run. Uh, her service is later on this week, and uh, I'll be doing the service back in Nebraska. But I'll be back Saturday night, uh, hopefully, uh, in time for Sunday. Uh, Jen's on call in case, in case uh, I don't make it back. I will, I will text her the sermon. We'll make it work. You'll just read it right off the phone. <laughs> all right. I'll take out all the personal stories. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, chapter 3 ended uh, with Paul. Uh, Paul saying this, All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. And then he sets them up. This is, uh, so far, he's been praising them. He's been telling them how good they are. But now comes some of the heavy, uh, some of the rebuke that he's been hearing. Uh, about him. So let's do the first paragraph, verses uh, 1 through 5. Let's do 1 through 5. And when, when he says us, he's talking about the apostles, Peter, Paul, and, and uh, all of them who work. This then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Paul asks that he and the other apostles be regarded by the Corinthians as servants. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you serve. Paul had a real problem with the Corinthians. They tended to look down on him not respect his apostolic authority. Uh, and in these carefully chosen words, Paul will show the Corinthians how to have a proper regard uh, for, for those in leadership in the church, not to, not to exalt them too high and not too low. 
sometimes we put those folk on a pedestal, or sometimes we uh, brush them underneath the rug. So consider us as servants of Christ. There's several different words uh, in the New Testament that describes a servant. Uh, the one that Paul uses here is uh, hyperitas. Hyperitas. Turn to your neighbor and say hyperitas. Describes a subordinate servant kind of functioning like a free person. They're not the lowest of the slaves, but they are a servant. There's a little bit of freedom there uh, with them, uh, but that's, that's the word he's using them. It actually means, if you put the two words to, uh, uh, together, uh, it means under rower. Under, down, rower. Where would they use an under rower? In a two-story battleship, in the, in, as the Romans are doing their thing and going after folk, you, get, you got the people down below. Ben-Hur, if you've ever seen that movie, was an under-rower for a while. A couple times uh, he was down there. Uh, someone who is a rower on a big galley ship. So it's not the lowliest low of a servant, but it's certainly not a prestigious position. And the under-rower just receives their commands. Roll left, roll there, go forward, following the direction of the one above. And that's, that's, the, that's the word that Paul is using here. That's, that's who we are. Uh, we're not doing this. We're not creating our own orders, but we are doing this uh, under the orders of Christ. Uh, to those entrusted with the mysteries, some, some Bibles use the word steward. Steward is also a servant, uh, but more of a manager of a household. Uh, if you know what a steward is. Uh, the steward was the master's deputy in regulating the concerns of the family. They made sure the family had food. They made sure that everything got done at the proper time and seasons, uh, received all the cash, expended what was necessary for the support of the family. And uh, every now and then the master would call the steward into account to make sure everything is on the up and up. So, so Paul's saying we're just managing this, this, this mystery of Christ. It's not ours. We don't own it. But it's our job to serve and, and to give it. So whatever Paul would hear, whenever he would hear criticism of a style or manner, um, he could say, did I give you the truth? All, all Christian leaders have their own style, have their own mannerisms, have their own way of doing things. But at the end of the day, did they give the truth? talks about being judged. Paul insists that the Corinthians don't, that he, he spent a year and a half with them, but they don't regard Paul as an equal. Um, he worked with his hands. Do you remember, remember what job he had? Made tents. Yeah. In, here they had such a high esteem of wisdom they had a high such esteem of education. They had a high esteem of those who did not have to work for a living. Paul had to work for a living. Did you all have to work for a living? Yeah. Did you ever know anyone who kind of had their, their, their nose up a little bit about working for a living? Maybe. That's what the Corinthians had for Paul. Uh, and Paul needs to count, <laughs> bring him to account. Uh, we'll catch more of that here later on in the chapter. Um, I remember there was a 4th of July. My dad worked catering uh, for a school. He was in charge of an entire school uh, cafeteria. 
But in the summertime, he did uh, freelance gigs. And there was a country club that asked him to cater their 4th of, 4th of July event. So, uh, and, and he brought us kids because we got to go to the pool and we got to go and see the fireworks and all that jazz. Uh, but I remember talking to a kid there and uh, he said, what school do you go to? And I, I said, I went to this little, you know, and he goes, well, who's your, who's your father? It's like, well, that's my dad over there. And oh, the one working? He goes, you, don't, you, you know you don't really belong here, right? Oh, I was like 13. That's still, I, that still gets me I'm, uh, here. Um, I want to I want to find that kid to see what he's see what he's up to, see if life worked out for him too. Yeah, but they had this idea of Paul, that Paul was not at the same level as as them, or even as the other apostles, because Peter, James, John, they walked with Jesus, they knew Jesus, and Paul got the story a little a little later. <laughs> Judge me. Don't, don't judge before the time. It's, it's, it's as if Paul was saying, you Corinthians act like judges at, uh, at athletic events, qualified to give some, someone the trophy and send other way as losers. And, uh, you know, Jesus is the only judge. And uh, Jesus knows men's hearts. And he'll know your heart as well. And again, in here is language that really emphasizes that Paul thinks Jesus is coming back any day. Um, that's, again, one of Paul's uh, calling card signs that we know that he, that he wrote this. All right, let's see what Paul has, uh, what else he has to say. Six to, uh, just that paragraph, six and seven. Gets a little sarcastic here. Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other, for those who makes you different from anyone else. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? In the first few verses of this chapter, Paul spoke of the apostles being servants and, and stewards. He doesn't mean this really in a literal way, but in a figurative way, so the Corinthian Christians could learn a more proper way to see, to see the apostles. Paul is, hopes that his writing will help the Corinthian Christians learn to keep their thinking biblical, uh, not use standards beyond the words of God to judge him or the apostles, um, not to think beyond what is written. We, we, we take our cue from Scripture. Uh, it used to be that something was considered biblical if it came from the Bible. Nowadays, I kind of hear people say, you know, that's, that's the gospel truth, and it's not really in the Bible. Uh, it's all right. Uh, a lot a lot of the sayings of Shakespeare. Have you ever seen those tests where they said, is this from the Bible or from somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, one that I got wrong a long time ago. Cleanliness is next to not Bible. John Wesley. John Wesley, who probably got it from his mom. Susanna, yeah. <laughs> None of you be puffed up. Uh, yeah. Uh, the puffed-up state of the Corinthian Christians meant that they, they got a pride problem. Um, their pride was evident in the cliques and the different apostles. Uh, cliques, cliques weren't the problem. The cliques were the symptom. And it was pride that's the, that's the real danger here. Uh, 
everything we have is from God, so there's no reason for pride. And uh, if, if, if what we get spiritually is a gift from God, then why do we glory in it like it's our own accomplishment? Uh, there's no reason for self-glorification here. Um, do I truly give God the credit for my salvation? Do I live with the spirit of, of humble gratitude? And seeing that I receive from God, what can I give back to Him? All right. He, now, now he's really going to lay it into him, okay? Yeah, if, <laughs> I'm going to count the exclamation points. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> So whoever reads this, kind of go with it with that with that attitude. Eight eight to uh, the end of that paragraph. Eight to thirteen. Have a little fun with it. Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have begun to reign, and that without us. How I wish that you really had begun to reign, so that we also might reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. Sarcasm. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. It sounds like Paul has a problem with the Corinthians. You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. It's like you, you seem to have it all. Isn't it, isn't it funny that we apostles have nothing? Even though he uses strong sarcasm here, his purpose is not to make fun of the Corinthian Christians. His whole hope is to reel them back in uh, to, a, to a proper attitude. If, if, if the whole point of, the, of a letter is just to yell and scream and, 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 and be mad, then don't write the letter. But if the letter is to rebuke and, and invite back in, then, then uh, that's, that's, that's what we have going on here. Uh, would it be great if you are already kings? If you were kings, then it'd be great if we were kings with you as well. Instead of being full and rich and reigning as royalty, the apostles were on display as a, as a human a spectacle for the world. Uh, the Corinthian Christians looked at themselves so highly, while God has displayed the apostles so so low. So the uh, the, the 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 procession. Uh, think of the Colosseum of the parade of a conquering Roman general. When the general comes back to the uh, to the capital with the armies, the armies go first, the treasure goes second. And the third comes all the, all the captives that they captured along the way at the end of the procession. Uh, like the defeated captives condemned to die in the arena. Um, and, now, and now Paul says, we're, we're in that last bunch. 
uh, we apostles. Uh, the word spectacle is uh, uh, theatron, which is where we get the word theater. When Paul says we have been made spectacle to the world, he speaks of how the apostles have been publicly humiliated th throughout, throughout the uh, known world at that time. And this kind of humiliation, that would be the greatest horror to the pride of the Corinthian Christians. We believe in Christ as long as we don't have to work or do anything for it. We will follow Christ as long as we don't have to associate with people of low position. We will follow Christ as long as we don't have to get our hands dirty. Paul's, Paul's kind of coming, uh, calling them to account. Uh, they, were pr they were proud of their spirituality, and they were, they were somewhat embarrassed. I think that's how I'd say it. They were so somewhat embarrassed of Paul because of his, his weakness and humble state. Um, Paul is trying to address both of these problems. We are fools, but you are wise. Uh, we, we hunger and thirst. And uh, you and your pride want to avoid all this at all cost. I know, I know the church doesn't have this problem today. <laughs> Um, but that's what Paul's trying to, trying to address here. We labor, we work with our hands. The Corinthians, in their love of Greek wisdom, embraced the Greek idea that manual labor was only fit for slaves and lower folk. And it would offend them that one of God's apostles would actually work with their own hands. Paul is saying that when they were slandered, the apostles would reach out in kindness to the one who spoke against them. This was also offensive to a Greek idea at the time. They thought a person was a wimp if they did not fight back when slandered. Still have that kind of pride problem today, right? Uh, the, some ancient Greeks had a custom of casting certain worthless people into the sea during a time of plague or famine uh, while, while saying, uh, be our... Our, our off-sourcing, sourcing, the victims were called scrappings in the belief that they'd be wiped away. Uh, scum of the earth, the garbage of the world. That's, that's what Paul is getting at. Uh, we are refuge, people that you just don't care about anymore. Uh, of course, if you think about Paul, <laughs> he was bounced from church to church, ran out of many towns, accused of starting riots, uh, Rarely supported by the ministry. He's been arrested in prison several times. Uh, would, would, would you really want Paul as your pastor? It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, prophets don't make great preachers. Or pa I, I, let me take that back. Prophets don't make great pastors because they beat up and they hurt the people that they're trying to pastor to with one issue or one thing that they're always just going on. Um, we need the prophets in the world, uh, but the, yeah, a, a, sh a shepherd uh, shows a little bit more love and care and concern than that. Uh, we kind of want a middle road, or at least I do. Uh, a little popularity, a little reputation, still the anointing of God, but uh, without so much the cost. God helps us to choose Paul's way because it's really, really God's way. I kind of like so I'm a visual person. One of the things that I'd like to do with associating things for today. Jesus, I, I think of an equilateral, equilateral triangle, one that has all the same size, equal length. So if you, if you set the point at the top of that, 
that's kind of like the way uh, Satan does, or like a king, you know. What can I get from everything below? I'm on top. What can I get from, you know, my constituents? I don't see Pastor Mike or the assistant pastors rubbing their hands together on Sunday saying, what can I get from them today? You don't see that. That's not the way, that's the way Satan kind of runs. Jesus turned that triangle upside down. So the point is at the bottom, he's at the bottom saying, what can I serve? What can I do to help? What can I do to uplift everyone above me? He puts himself at the bottom as an example for us to do the same. So I see that kind of as the difference between pride and humility. The first shall be last, the last shall be first. There's a lot of sayings that Jesus had that the Corinthian Christians might not, might not appreciate very much. I, went, I, I knew a pastor and, uh, who, uh, at the potlucks, would not even take their tray back uh, to the dishwasher. They would wait for someone else to take it back. And they'd do, like, ah, just, yeah. Um, Stephanie grew up, she grew up Catholic, and the priest uh, had, the, had the house. And all the families were on a uh, rotation to go inside and clean the house. And so about once every six months, her family went in to clean the, the pastor's house. Wow. Just, yeah. I think the, Pat, we're, we're here to serve. All right. Paul's appeal and warning, 14 to 17, that paragraph. Paul's appeal and warning. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Jesus Christ, I became your father through the many father, let's see, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Jesus Christ, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Uh, again, with biting sarcasm, Paul knows the Corinthian Christians might be, <laughs> they might feel ashamed or they might blow him off, but he's hoping for ashamed. Uh, he wants them to know his purpose has not been to make you f feel bad, but to warn them of their spiritual danger, danger of pride. You might have 10,000 guardians. Uh, the word that they use here for guardians, um, patago patagogy, patagogy, Oh, I lost the Greek word. Uh, slave guide. Someone who, like, it's like someone who escorts uh, someone from home to school. Uh, or, or uh, not bodyguard, but it's it, 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 something like that. Yeah, like crossing guard. Uh, but the, just to make sure that everyone gets to where they're supposed to be. Um, you might have, have 10,000 of these folk, but... Um, but I was, I, was like, I was like a father to you. I'm the, I was the one who presented the gospel to you. Now, I don't... Oh, all right. Uh, in, in some traditions, if the, teach, the teacher is greater than the student. That's not what Paul is going for here. Uh, he's, I'm, I was like a father. I hope that you follow in my way. 
uh, but I don't have I don't have control over you. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm I'm pleading with you. Just Im- imitate the life of Christ that I'm trying to show you. Um, the first reactions would probably be uh, uh, horror again for the Corinth for the Corinthians. Uh, Paul, you're fool, you're weak, you're dishonored, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're poorly clothed, you're homeless, you're beaten, you smell, you, uh, you're, you're in jail right now uh, in, in, in uh, Ephesus, and you want us to imitate you. And Paul's reply might be something like, yes, imitate me, not because of these difficulties, but despite them. Uh, and often because of them, the power of Jesus Christ is shown through me. Uh, Paul just couldn't hand them out Bibles. They didn't have them, the, didn't have them there. Uh, New Testament hasn't been written yet. But uh, watch my life. Watch my life. Isn't that the best way to uh, teach your kids? Watch my life. My kids are old enough and that they're, they're, they're driving. Sammy's going to start here in a year and a half. Do you know how tempting it is to, to take a quick look at a text or something like that while you're on the road? I know you would never do this. But do you know how tempting it is? But if my kids are in the car, I, I can't because they're watching. And if I do it, they'll do it. And they'll get into a wreck and they'll blame me. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Uh, live your life in such a way that you would be fine if your kids followed in your footsteps. <laughs> He's going to send Timothy. Timothy seems to be uh, Paul's chief uh, troubleshooter. Uh, sent to problem churches. I would not like to have Timothy's job. Uh, Timothy goes to places where Paul says, hey, Timothy, they're having problems. Go fix it. All right. And off Timothy goes. Uh, that's, uh, that's what Timothy is known for. Okay, let's do the last paragraph. And again, biting sarcasm through here. This is this is like, all right. This is this is like a dad talking to their kid. Uh, like if my kid was at college, hypothetically, and I sent him a letter. Some of you have become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I will find out not only how the these arrogant people are t- talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or should I, shall I come in love and with a gentle spirit? Some Corinthian Christians were so arrogant that they thought that maybe, maybe Paul's afraid to visit. You know, granted, he's, 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 he's in Ephesus right now, but when he gets out, uh, is he going to be scared to come back? Um, made them all the more proud in their hearts. Uh, those among the Christian Corinthians were, who loved high-sounding words and their successful image had their, own, had their own view of the gospel. But Paul had the true power of the gospel. <laughs> Essentially, Paul threatens to pop the bottle of these puffed-up gas bags. Uh, what do you want? Paul leaves the ball in their court. Which Paul did they want to come? The Paul with rod of correction? Uh, the word here is also the same word they use for sheep or shepherds to, to guard the sheep, the crooks, the, yeah. Uh, or do they want Paul with a spirit of gentleness? Paul wants to come in gentleness, but he'll leave the decision up to them. 
uh, in this section of the letter, Paul faces some of the real challenges of ministry and one of the real challenges of preaching. How do you confront sin without seeming harsh or implying that you are above sin? How do you get people to conform their lives to the gospel when they think highly of themselves? It is tough work to do in the heart, and only a great work by the Spirit can accomplish it. It's a question. Sure. Can't the rod of discipline also be love? The reason you discipline a child is because you love them? Yeah. Spare the rod. Yeah, some of you know that one. Somewhere along the line, my dad, uh, when, I, when I got like a lot older, uh, he goes, I, did, did I ever hit you? Did I ever, did I ever spank you? Did I ever do anything? And, and I said, no, no, you didn't. He goes, did you ever think I would? I said, yes, yes, I did. Because <laughs> there, there's a line somewhere in there, uh, at, least, at least in our family. Uh, oh, I, I know I deserved. Yeah. Cool. Closing thoughts? I know we're getting done a couple minutes early, but honestly, I have a plane to catch, and I appreciate that. <laughs> in that case, we will see you on Sunday. God bless you and appreciate everything you do. Go in peace. Thank you.